Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. Maggie Fox sat next to a reporter from the New York World, who was there to discuss Maggie's very special talent. As she mentally prepared for the interview, her mind drifted back 40 years to the night of March 31, 1848, when it all began. Her mother, Margaret, had recalled to Maggie and her sister, Kate, that distant relatives had possessed a unique gift, and now it was apparent that her two daughters also inherited it. Maggie and Kate could speak to the dead, and the spirits were alive and ready to have many a conversation. The first clue came when Maggie and Kate conversed with the spirit of a young man, a father of five who had shuffled off this mortal coil long before it was his time. Their parents were standing next to them in utter bewilderment. Margaret was both agitated and assuaged. Many a night, she lied awake, hearing the constant footsteps and wall raps the spirit made. It didn't help that her husband, John, never believed her. Even when he heard them for himself, he swore there was an explanation. But now, even he was befuddled. As the girls asked the Invisible Presence questions, he responded through various combinations of knocks. Kate suggested that it was nothing more than an April Fool's joke. It was the night before April 1st, after all. But her mom refused to believe it was only a ruse. This was her proof. Still, no one else outside of their humble farmhouse witnessed the event. They needed external corroboration, someone who could testify not only to experiencing the supernatural for themselves, but also to the truth that the sisters were a link between the earthly and corporeal planes. A family neighbor was invited over, and she too bore witness to the girl's ghost-whispering gift. By early morning the following day, word had spread throughout the local community. People from the surrounding area crowded to the haunted farmhouse by the hundreds. That evening, the specter was back and ready to continue his conversation with the two girls. As April transitioned into May, their reputation spread even further. The bombardment of strangers at the farmhouse continued, so the family determined to escape the celebrity. Maggie and Kate ended up living with their older sister, Leah, in Rochester, New York, not too far down the road from their home in Hydesville. Of course, this wasn't going to make the spirits leave them alone. Leah's own daughter, Lizzie, suffered from many an encounter herself. The hauntings proved to be far less affable, forcing Leah and her family to move to a different apartment. The sisters continued to rise in fame. They began to host seances, with many flocking to their parties. Those who attended either believed, wanted to believe, or were looking to disprove. Some detractors even walked away as converts of spiritualism. Roughly a year later, the girls were demonstrating their talents to paying audiences in New York City. The 1800s spiritualism craze was now in full swing. It was a time when people struggled with the concept of a thin divide between the earthly and spiritual realms. And the masses, thanks to the burgeoning media and entertainment industries, became increasingly infatuated with the idea of conversing with lost souls. Many Americans found comfort in the movement during the Civil War, believing they still had some connection to loved ones who died in battle. 
brothers, husbands, and fathers, all gone too soon. Mary Todd Lincoln, while Abe was still in office, held seances in the White House to connect with her dead children. Spiritualism even reached Europe. Queen Victoria of England, after losing Prince Albert, hosted many seances at Buckingham Palace to continue communing with her dearly departed husband. More psychics and diviners popped up, staging their own performances in which they made contact with the dead. Some even went on to perform their own magic shows, and professional illusionists were compelled to distinguish themselves from the frauds by exposing the many tricks mediums used to fool their audiences. It was during this time that the great Harry Houdini started off on his own quest to reveal the secrets of these self-proclaimed spiritualists. But then the movement was given a huge shock. During her 1888 interview with the New York World, Maggie Fox fessed up. She and her sister Kate were frauds. The whole thing started as nothing more than a prank. When they told their mother it was an April Fool's joke, 40 years earlier, they weren't kidding. As young girls, they still enjoyed having flexible bodies most of us adults now envy, and they figured out a way to crack their knuckles, toes, and other joints without being caught. After the article was published, a public demonstration was held where Maggie proceeded to show the audience how she cracked her big toe to simulate the sound of unearthly raps. Funny enough, Maggie recanted her confession a year later, alleging that her spirit guides appealed her to do so. And yet, not long after, and under the alias of Mrs. Spencer, she entered a debate at the Manhattan Liberal Club, where she, once again, revealed a handful of tricks used in the profession. Needless to say, the young Fox sisters didn't understand the repercussions of their antics and what they would bring about. Back on that fateful April Fool's Eve, 175 years ago, the sisters sparked a major social movement that would last into the 1920s and has since evolved into an organized religion. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener. <laughs>